How important will it be for the Islanders to sign Ilya Sorokin to an extension this summer? We'll talk about that, plus the season Sorokin had and a look to his future with the team. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. The Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And we're also now available on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Locked On Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. We have got a lot to get to on today's show. And uh, first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss later on in a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on everything throughout this offseason concerning your New York Islanders, firings, hirings, trade rumors, free agency, the draft. We've got it all covered here on Locked On Islanders. So we now know the Florida Panthers are in the Stanley Cup final. And they, uh, they've clinched. We know Vegas is one win away, as of the time I'm recording this, uh, from joining them. But when I look at the final four teams in this year's playoffs, it, it sort of makes me wonder. And I know, you know, everydayers know that some fans, whether it was on comments or elsewhere, uh, on YouTube or, or even on emails and Twitter, you know, how important is it to re-sign Ilya Sorokin, or is it more important, you know, if they trade him, what could they get, etc., etc. You know, maybe instead of spending eight, nine million dollars a year on a goalie, you spend less on a goalie, and then you, you know, bring in that sniper. Well, it isn't quite that simple, but I, I looked at the four teams in the conference final, and sort of compared where the Islanders are in goaltending. And here's what we discover. 
We all know, for example, the two teams in the Eastern Conference, both of them relied on more than one goalie to get to the conference final, and in the case of the Florida Panthers, to get to the Stanley Cup final. And look, the the Panthers have one of the highest paid goalies in the league in Sergei Bobrovsky, who I even now think is overpaid, but certainly came through with a big uh, performance. But again, wasn't just Bob getting the job done for the Panthers because they wouldn't have made the playoffs or gotten through really the entire first round without Alex Lyon stepping up, playing big down the stretch, and even pretty well in the first couple of playoff games. Now, they did switch him out, and Bobrovsky came in, but needing two reliable goalies, definitely the case for the Florida Panthers, and they have that elite goalie in Sergei Bobrovsky. The Carolina Hurricanes, we saw them in the playoffs. No question about it, they don't have one number one guy far and, and away, but, you know, Auntie Ranta, Frederick Anderson, both playing against the Islanders, both playing in subsequent series as well. But again, having number one, they have two goalies they can rely on. And second, they have, you know, goalies who have that pedigree to be, if not elite, very reliable, very good goalies who you can count on to take a team deep into the playoffs. Out West, you sort of have two different models when you look at the way the two teams are. The Vegas Golden Knights, they've been relying on Aiden Hill, who is not considered at this point an elite goalie. In fact, he's making pretty close to the minimum uh, as far as his salary is concerned. And then they have, you know, Logan Thompson, who's out with an injury, and Jonathan Quick, who was originally kind of veteran insurance. Uh, but, you know, Hill, the unheralded sort of uh, veteran, he is sort of carrying this team possibly to the Stanley Cup final. So, you know, a little bit to be said about that. No elite goalie here. And no really expensive goalie. Vegas is sort of the exception to the rule. And then, look, you, you, you look at the Dallas Stars. And where would they be, the Dallas Stars, without Jake Ottinger? He is by far the biggest reason that Dallas is in the conference final. Scott Wedgwood, clearly, you know, a backup, not somebody who... I, I think the team would really count on to go deep into the playoffs. But what we see, we have two of the four teams with elite goaltenders, uh, one team with a 1 and a 1A, and then one team sort of riding that unproven, unheralded veteran who really has gotten hot at the right time and stepping it up. But the other thing is this. I would say three out of the four teams have two goalies at least who they feel they can rely on. So how does this fit in with the Islanders? Well, certainly Ilya Sorokin gives them one of the top three goalies in the league this year, an elite goaltender for sure. And 
let, let's face it, Simeon Varlamov gives them someone who they can rely on if if Sorokin gets injured, if uh, he has a slump late in the season or in the playoffs, you want to turn it over to uh, Varlamov for two, three, five games. You can do that. And I, I think for the Islanders, especially a team that we know relies very heavily on defense because their offense is below average and their power play this year was dreadful. We're talking about a team that really needs that elite goaltender. And in the case of three out of the four teams in the conference final, you also want to keep that reliable backup slash second goalie who can step it up uh, on the roster. So from that standpoint, signing Ilya Sorokin to an extension makes a lot of sense. And hopefully it's something that Lou Lamorello will get done this offseason. Because everydayers, as you know, that we discussed last week, um, the price for any player is only going to go up with each passing season. As the cap goes up, as free agents uh, sign big deals all of a sudden, you know, the cost of the best goalie in the league, it never goes down. It only goes up. You sign Ilya Sorokin this year, you probably save anywhere between a half a million and a million and a half dollars in cap space per year because if you wait, somebody else is going to be signed as that elite highest paid goalie and then Ilya Sorokin's agent is going to say, well, if so-and-so is making $10 million a year, I am better than them. I'm certainly worth at least that much. I want 10 and a half or 11. Then they settle for 10 or 10 and a half. And again, the number just keeps going up. So look, Lou Lamorello cannot sign Ilya Sorokin to an extension until after July 1st when the new league year starts. But we have to hope that that actually does happen this offseason because if you wait, it's only going to get more expensive. And look, let's even say something bad happens where the Islanders have a rough season, injuries hit, whatever. You don't want Ilya Sorokin to sit there and say, oh yeah, uh, I don't want to stay with this team. You want to sign him now. You want to bring him in and you want to lock him up. And let's hope that is something the Islanders can do. We're going to get to a lot more on today's show, including a question from you about the Islanders prospects pool. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Attention active individuals. Are you tired of sacrificing comfort for style when it comes to your active wear? Introducing Bird Dogs, the game changer in athletic shorts. Their premium shorts designed for maximum performance combined with unparalleled comfort. With their unique built-in liner, these shorts offer the ultimate in support and flexibility, ensuring you stay comfortable during even the most intense workouts. And here's the best part. Bird Dogs are more than just workout gear. They're versatile enough to take with you from the gym to the street 
without skipping a beat. They're made of a premium, breathable fabric that keeps you cool and dry throughout your activities. Order your pair of Bird Dogs today and join the thousands of satisfied customers who have made the switch. Just visit birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. Enter promo code LockedOnNHL. You'll get a free Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Bird Dogs, where style meets comfort and performance meets perfection. Get yours now and unleash your true potential. So let's talk a little bit about uh, questions that we get from you, and I, I love hearing from you, so please do. This is from Bob, a uh, longtime listener who comments often, and Bob, hey Gil, uh, I'm enjoying your pod as much as a depressed Islander fan can these days. Here's a subject you may want to explore. Uh, according to Wiki, the highest pick the Islanders have left from the 2020 draft to the present is Odelius, who was the 65th pick in 2022. This year, our top pick is 49th. In 2020, we had no first or second round pick. In 2021, we had a no first. Our second round pick was Atu Ratu. He's been traded. Odelius is our highest pick from 2022. And this year, we have no first and no third. We do still have the 49th overall pick. Our prospect pool is barren, which makes for a bleak future. But wait, there's more. Uh, Yoda, which is what he calls Lou Lamorello, may not be done trading away our future. What will he offer if he's smart enough to unload Bailey? More future picks? Wallstrom? Would anybody take Bailey if he's packaged with Holmstrom? Balduk? Both? I feel the dark side coming because the the Jedi trade mind of Yoda... Uh, it, it abandoned him long ago. The devil's got the best he had to offer. Go ahead, predict our future. Perhaps it isn't as bleak as I think. Bob, it's a good question, and I feel your pain. Uh, and I think the only couple of things I can say about this is that, number one, yeah, the prospect pool is not looking great right now. And... You know, we've talked every day or no over the last few weeks at different times that the Islanders are somewhere in the bottom five in the league in uh, the ranking of their prospect pool. Uh, Hockey News had them at 27th. I think the Athletic had them at 30th. And I think the 27th rating was before the Atu Ratu trade. So, yeah, they're near the bottom of the prospects list. But, couple of things to remember. Number one, if the Islanders do re-sign Ilya Sorokin, that gives them an elite goaltender who can keep them close in games that they really don't deserve to win and he can, who can steal some of those games. So there is that aspect of it. It certainly gives the Islanders more, more to work with as far as a margin for error. And then I guess the other thing is this. When you look at the last three drafts, and that's, Bob, where you were focused on. Yeah, Lou Lamorello has traded away too many of these picks. Not going to argue that with you. But he has done a good job of finding some diamonds in the rough in the later rounds. 2020, for example. Fifth round, William Dufour. 
now one of the Islanders' top prospects. Alex Jeffries, also uh, considered, he was a fourth-round pick, also considered somebody who is one of the better prospects in the uh, Islanders' grouping. Isaiah George, the the defenseman, fourth-round pick this year, you, you know, again, considered one of the better prospects. And how about Matthew Maggio, a fifth-round pick in the 2022 draft. That is, again, finding those diamonds in the rough. And, you know, if you go further back, Sebastian Ajo, fifth-round pick. Arno Durando, sixth-round pick. Uh, these are players who you're finding in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round who can contribute. Now, look, but I, I, I totally get the reasons for pessimism, and I totally understand the problem, and I agree. Lou Lamorello has traded away too many first-round picks, high-draft picks, and prospects over the years, and it seems like in many ways this team is perpetually chasing their tail to get a wild-card spot and squeak into the playoffs. Well, you know, it may not come to that huge rebuild, but there is going to be a time when these older players start to, you know, really slow down or retire, that there is going to be a retooling necessary. But you have a core to build around, assuming you re-sign Sorokin. Sorokin, Pelik, Polak, Hopefully, Dobson, if he continues to develop. Bo Horvat, certainly. Uh, Matthew Barzal, certainly. And then you hope that whether it's a Maggio uh, or, you know, or uh, an Iskakov or a Dufour, that some of these players, these prospects, are able to come up and contribute. And here's the other thing about prospects, and players. You can always acquire prospects and picks to rebuild with. If and when the Islanders start to trade away players who are established, whether it's at the trade deadline or whether it's off-season or in-season, you can always replenish those prospect pools. So yeah, I agree with you. There are reasons to be disappointed and to think negatively, but it's not etched in stone that this team is going to falter, and hopefully it is a situation where they will not uh, be in that kind of a situation for too long. I agree with you. It may be better if someone other than Lula Morello was calling the shots to help make that happen, but that is something we will discuss in a future episode. All right, we have got a lot more to get to. We continue our player-by-player look at this team with Ilya Sorokin. What was his season like? What is his future like with the team? We've got that, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a whole lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And look, 
They have great promotions every day at FanDuel. And it's a safe and secure app. And if you win, you get paid instantly. You can check out the NBA playoffs, certainly with the Stanley Cup finals coming up starting next week. You can check out the odds on that. And hey, maybe you want to use your knowledge of the Islanders, bet some futures on what they'll do next year. It's all there. And there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, Ilya Sorokin, his season, tough to argue anything bad about what Ilya Sorokin did this year. 31-22-7, led the league with six shutouts, a 2.34 goals against average, 924 save percentage. He is now 27 years old. He will turn 28 in July, uh, excuse me, early August. And quite honestly, the, he, he is a Vesna Trophy finalist for a reason. No doubt in my mind, he is one of the top three goalies, I think, in the NHL. And while we all know who's going to win the Vesna because it's it, it, it's going to be, you know, Linus Olmark from the Bruins. That doesn't mean you can't make a really good case for Sorokin playing in front of a team that was a lot more vulnerable defensively than the Bruins were, not getting as much goal support, and certainly, you know, facing more shots and more quality uh, scoring chances than Olmark did. But, you know, I can't force them to basically vote for Sorokin, but I think if you watched all the games that Sorokin played, and he played 62 of them this year, starting 60, uh, you could make a really strong case as to why Ilya Sorokin should be the Vesna winner. And look, Sorokin, he has good reflexes. He is unorthodox at times. We've seen those paddle saves that are just... Uh, unbelievable, but here's the thing, the one thing that I think makes him great for this team. He's cool. He doesn't get too high when things are going well. He doesn't get depressed when things are going poorly. He is sort of the eye of the hurricane, and if things are going crazy around him, he keeps his cool and plays at a very high level Almost all the time. Yeah, there's going to be the occasional bump in the road, bad game. It happens. It happens to everybody. But then you also get, you know, games where he'll make 40 saves in 44 shots. or And then the next game he plays 44 saves in 46 shots. And the Islanders end up winning games they really had no business winning in the playoffs, you know, he was not playing at the elite level he usually plays at. And I think that is sort of still the one hill he has to climb. His numbers weren't bad. In fact, I would say out of the six games, he was solid to really, really good in four of them. But in games uh, two and game four, he, he just wasn't really good enough and... You know, he's got to be able to start taking that team 
on the long playoff run. And hopefully that is something he'll be able to do in the near future. But as of right now, I'm telling you, Ilya Sorokin, MVP of this team. And I'll tell you this, next year, barring a a very unexpected trade demand, because we know he's happy here on Long Island, uh, Ilya Sorokin's going to be the first string goalie on this team. He is very consistent season by season, and he will probably, again, play 60 games, give or take a few, and be one of the elite netminders in the game for the New York Islanders, barring injury or some fluke occurrence. All right, time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and Saturday will be the 47th birthday of former Islanders forward Richard Park, a native of Seoul, South Korea. Can't say there's a lot of NHL players historically who come from South Korea, but uh, Richard Park, one of the pioneers in that department, drafted by the Penguins in the second round back in 1994, played one game for the Pens in 94-95, became a full-time NHLer in 95-96, and then played for the Anaheim Ducks, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Minnesota Wild, the Vancouver Canucks, and then joined the Islanders in the 06-07 season, stayed with the team through 2009-2010, and then played one more year with the Penguins before finishing his career in Switzerland. 738 NHL games, 102 goals, 241 points, 266 penalty minutes, Add 40 playoff games, five of those as a member of the Islanders. Three goals, nine points, one of the six assists was with the Isles. And, you know, Park, one of those guys who could kill penalties, take face-offs, was a good, solid, two-way checking kind of a guy, and he'd give you 10 to 15 goals while he was at it. More of a third or fourth line kind of a player. One of his better games as an Islander, March 15th, 2009 at the United Center in Chicago. Islanders with Peter Menino in goal, Nikolai Habibulin in the nets for Chicago, while Richard Park in this game, a goal and an assist. He also had uh, two penalty minutes, and he scored on his only shot on goal as the Islanders ended up beating the Blackhawks 4-2. to two. He assisted on the first goal by Mark Streit. That was a power play goal. And then put the Islanders ahead 2-1 to one with a goal late in the second period. So Richard Park, very useful and uh, strong player. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, we will be back on Monday. Yeah, we will have a show, even though it's a holiday. Uh, but we will be back on Monday, and we continue our player-by-player look at the Islanders with Cal Clutterbuck. What was his season like? Did he meet expectations? And what, if anything, can we expect from Clutter in next season? All right. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by and tuning in. And of course, let's go Islanders.